Good morning, Jennifer Stone reporting for the King's Cross scene. I'm going to expose a little bit about the Beaumont children mystery. And over the years I have touched upon this from my early books back in 2011 till now it's 2020 and we're getting to the end of the research. Though we know the missing persons keep happening. There's about 30,000 38,000 missing persons a year that are uh, told about in Australia, around Australia, that go missing. And we have about 2,300 long-term missing persons. Anita Nelson's one, William Terrell's one, and there's many more where the body goes missing and that seems to fit a pattern. The Beaumont children went missing 26th of January 1966. It was the same day as Prime Minister Harold Holt became the Prime Minister of Australia. He was also instrumental in changing our coinage or our money from pounds to decimal currency. Uh, on that same day, Australia Day, 1966, by... The Beaumont children had changed the face of Australia, but really the whole concept of even our money changing changed the face of the underworld. Allegedly, by what I've been told and what I've seen, they work in the cash society. 2020, we're trying to get rid of the cash. But how they go about it is that they have been selling things on the internet that really aren't there. Or they move their products through utilising a sales system on the internet. This will be very hard to come down in time to come and probably impossible for the police to work out. But I know the heart of the underworld is in King's Cross. Now the Beaumont children went missing at Glenegg, Glenel, South Australia. So it's a long way from King's Cross. And you go through the research and in the last couple of years they've had uh, a dig for the Beaumont children. And many people said at the time they dug at a former factory in Plumpton near Glenegg, Glenel. But it's been examined before. But they thought it was the wrong spot. So then they changed the position in the yard and made a new area where they were looking for the children's remains. You know, this pattern of moving the body after it's died had happened to Samantha Knight and was proven. Now that linked to Michael Guider and he's now out of prison. But we still have Samantha Knight's body missing. Even though we have confirmation she was dead and she was buried. So we have, in 2015, a man called David Smith contacted the police about the Beaumont children's disappearance. He was at Glenelg Beach, Glenelg Beach on the 26th of January 1966. He bought lunch at Wenzel's Bakery and then sat on a bench nearby when an elderly couple with an elderly couple. 
Nearby was a young man wearing bathers with three children. Two girls aged about ten and six and a younger boy. Well, some have thought this was the Beaumont children. David David had a brief conversation with a man about national service and then a discussion with the oldest girl who told him that the man had given them money to buy lunch from the bakery. It seemed to fit. They did go to the bakery and that was confirmed. So the man and the children then got into a car by what David described as a sports-style car, new, shiny, with a chrome luggage back rack. Now that must have been on the back of the boot, I thought. The car then drove off towards Anzac Highway. David's attention was drawn to the car because it was a high-end, so it showed money. Now, he did not come forward immediately because just after Australia Day, he went to Puckernall for national service. He didn't have access to newspapers or radios and he didn't know that the children had gone missing. When he returned to South Australia years later, the media had confused the dates and days. For years and years later, the media assumed that the 26th of January 1966 was a public holiday and reported that the children disappeared from Connolly Reserve during during the Bay Shefford. In fact, 1966 Bay Shefford was held on the public holiday on Friday, 28th of January. So we've got this, the 26th of January, 1966, was actually a Wednesday. Other than taking David's statement at a police station, then receiving a written statement, the police didn't do anything further. How could they? What was the lead? A man in a red shiny car? It'd be like sinking, you know, a pin into a haystack. Though they could have gotten a printout of all the registered red shiny cars, but that'd be too easy to do, so the police probably wouldn't do that, would they? Later that year, the advertiser identified a man that Andrew McIntyre said was involved in the disappearance of the children. That man was Anthony Munro, some say. David immediately contacted and identified Anthony Munro as the man he saw at the beach that day with the children. You know, it's interesting because I had a McIntyre allegedly linking to William Terrell case. David has made a number of statements to police. But nothing's happened. This is important to be considered because police corruption does exist. So we've got a sighting and then we've got a confirmation. So Anthony Munro, on two separate occasions in 65, allegedly raped a boy while in the company of other boys. Over the next 50 years, he would sexually abuse a number of other boys. This is horrific. This is what was happening. 
Back in 1966, this is what still is happening. It was not until uh, charges were laid in 2016 that Munro was known to anyone other than his victims and co-offenders. Even with jail time, he was able to have it covered up. Detectives would not um, expose anything about this. They did not even know his name. You know, it's so sad. This is reality. This is what was happening, you know. And were there links? So they've dug for the children at North Plumpton, cast alloy site, but they haven't found anything. Yet the major crime department are still not asking for more information from Andrew McIntyre, nor from Ruth Collins about their witness accounts of the events on Australia Day. 1966. So we've got some names. You know, they're not involved, but allegedly they should have been able to put together something. Uh, they have provided the most promising leads in the case for Jane, Anna and Grant Beaumont. We know Mrs Beaumont has died not knowing where her children are. I'm sure she has met them in heaven. So the Federal Police, there was a call from the Senate for the Federal Police to exhume the Beaumont children from the sinkhole, linking to Alan Maxwell McIntyre's former property in Stansbury. He is, after all, the most compelling person of interest. But this person has died. But it was 2017. And I put this research together in 2016 and then I shut my book in horror because I didn't know what to do with it. I'd put it into the police and I thought, God, I've got a link here on William Terrell case. I know where his skull is and now I know where his body is. And I sent it all to the police. About the last body we see was of a small boy cut up into three parcels by this guy called McIntyre, I think. So, and I'm pretty sure we're talking about the same person. And then there's links to the Beaumont children, 1966. There's a property, Yatina property, of Arthur Stanley Hart. Should also be revisited, as some say, into the abductions and the murders of missing children. There is a lot of children gone missing. I know that. We need a voice for the people to cry out loud for the police to take a stand and expose the underworld today. 
but I'm asking them for the heart of the operation. So all these other places to search will come after we expose the heart. This is a massive task and, and I know this will bring a lot of closure to a lot of people. It has also brought a lot of danger to my own life. Now we have McIntyre's wife who lived at a home where he claimed to have allegedly come home with dead children. The home he vacated on Australia Day, January 26, 1966. Allegedly was found raped by two men and dead in December 66. McIntyre's wife, in a locked room of Glenside. There was no investigation or explanation for a death offered. They're not the only people who have had information that could be useful. They died in circumstances. Interesting, eh? Have we found a lead? But this is a dead lead. Because at the time when I was working on this, Allegedly, Max McIntyre was alive in 2016. He died in 2017. So, was the last package the body of William Terrell he received? I will wonder. I might go to my grave wondering where the rest of the body is. Or we might be able to dig a property, a couple of properties in South Australia after we do the police search warrant in King's Cross and see if we can get any leads. That might expose a whole array of research that I've not been able to get to because I can't get my hands on it. I can't touch it. I can't physically get into the building because at each step they put up a door and shut a door. And though the building is getting renovated on the outside, there's more and more happening on the inside. It's empty. The backpackers above the brothel is empty. The brothel is empty. We've got shops underneath empty. We've got the backpackers is totally closed. You cannot go in and out. So the fire exit cannot be accessed now. So the Apex Cafe is still there. Then beside that there's a hairdresser. We've got the tobacco man around the corner. So we've got three shops now. Oh, and the kebab man under the flag. He makes a good kebab too. So don't forget, when we're in King's Cross, do what the King's Cross people do. Walk the strip. Have a look at the signs. Look at the closed shops and wonder, what has happened in King's Cross? But when you start to see... Drug dealers coming to buy drugs still in King's Cross and they're out of from Balmain where there's just been a massive drug bust or they've been from Glebe or things like that. You start to think, why is this happening? How can a city that is shut down still be moving so much drugs? King's Cross police have said, and, and we've heard, Allegedly, Detective Hyde telling others, I'm done here. 
King's Cross is done. We've cleaned it up. It's a whole lot of crap. It was just days later. There were people coming in wanting kilos of ice. And you think, shop after shop is empty. So these are specific targeted people they're coming and asking. We might be sitting in different cafes and looking around. But all we know is that if the police blocked the phones in that area, they'd probably make them go out of business, which would be an interesting thought about it. Anyway, I'm coming together with my last pages of research. I've decided that I've got to get the research out there and we've got to start making people realise that this is an organised crime ring where as one person after another has a specific target to do. And then the name associations will come. Some of those we're trying to still work on. So for Juanita Nelson, we've been told the murderer was a Mr L. Wow. My mind went ragged over that. L, L. So we've got Sammy Lee was a partner of Abe Saffron. We've got Kate Lee was running the, you know, um, the grog down in Woolloomooloom. She was the queen of Woolloomooloom in the history. You know, we had Lenny McPherson, but he's now dead. And it was one after another that I thought, they're all dead. But whoever did Juanita Nelson is still alive. And that's really right. Whoever did William Terrell is still alive. And the most notorious gang in the world will have its heart, its operation in King's Cross, even still working while the premises is shut, all protects it, protects it for a reason. This is worth a 30 to 50 billion a year drug network that we're exposing. It's never been happened before to expose it like this. I just hope someone hears my prayers. Someone hears my calls for help. Someone signs that police search warrant to allow Juanita to rise and to expose what's hidden with her. That has happened. You know, the Beaumont children was 1966. Juanita Nelson, 1975. Donald McKay, 1977. We've got Christopher Flannery. There'll be many more. William Terrell, 2014. The list goes on. And the thugs that have done this are all controlled by whoever holds the, the subfloor compartment in the brothel. So let's see who they are when we expose the evidence. Thanks for listening. Uh, join us. I'm trying to get a podcast out each week on different pieces of research and we'll see where it goes. I'm just hoping one day soon there'll be a police search warrant to raise Juanita. Thanks for listening. Jennifer Stone reporting for the King's Cross Sting.